Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. That's hot. We're live. Let's get into it with the lead. <laughs> unscripted. That was definitely unscripted. Uh-huh. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Aaron's producing the show from home. Uh, we are in studio and we're live. I have a apple cinnamon tea in a cup. It is delicious. And it's tea weather outside, Liam. It's cold out. I have a nice uh, cup of joe from bread and butter with milk. No cream, milk guy. Milk boy. Liam's a milk man. Okay, welcome into Oilers Nation every day. As always, the show comes to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. It's a Sherwood Ford Giant game day edition of the show Giant. Remember when you used to do that? You used to go Giant, Giant, Giant. No, no that was Nation Dan on Oilers Nation Radio. Uh, it was ah. Different guy. Yeah, different guy. Sorry, Sherwood Ford Giant game day edition of the show is the Oilers are looking for a ninth consecutive victory. Kind of crazy. Did you? I was thinking about this on the way and not to disrupt your train of thought. Wow, wow, whatever. It's just so funny that they've had two eight game win streaks and they're like fifth in the fourth in the division. The the lesson stands (laughs) if you put yourself behind the eight ball in today's NHL, it is nearly impossible to get out of it. Like, again, two eight game winning streaks for the Oilers and they're still only in the second wild card spot. (laughs) And I know the games in hand change that math a little bit. If they were to win, Every game in hand they have on all these teams, they would be in a divisional spot. They would pass Nashville with relative ease as well. Um, but is that Dallas number right? Oh my God. How is Dallas on, and Winnipeg? How have they only played 40 games? Oh, 40, not 30. Never mind. That makes perfect sense. Keep rolling along. Pretend that never happened. Good show um, so far. But it's a great show <laughs> so far. Uh, but it's so hard to make up ground, Liam. Like again, they're what 16 and three in their last 19 games. And still they're scratching and clawing to some extent. They might even be more than 16 and three. I'm trying to think of the record under Knobloch, I believe is 18 and, and six, isn't it? Something like that. Oh, it's crazy. It's um, yeah. It's like, you can't just put yourself behind so much, but we, we know a lot of the reasons why they were behind injuries played a part of it. And, they just weren't playing well at all, but now they're in. A, they're at a point where even when they play bad, they're getting wins. Where at the start of the season, when they were playing good, they weren't getting wins. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's get into things. So here's what's coming up on the show. First off, like I said, short for giant game day. So we got our game notes for our friends at Charm Diamonds. We have uh, Frank Cervalli on the Star Mechanical guest line in a bit. Sherwood Power Sports and Marine Key to Victories. Sherwood for Giant Question. The menu, Wendy's game, betting challenge. Even though Jay is either in Maui or Mexico, we are not quite sure. Could be anywhere. The fact he sent us a text in Spanish, probably Mexico. Maybe but- Costa Rica. Maybe it's a variety of options down in uh, it's Costa Rica and Mexico. No, it is it's in its Central America. Oh yeah, yeah. What am I thinking of? Where's this Cancun? Cancun. I'm thinking of Cancun. Uh, Tyler Mulek says Belize. Someone very quick to point out it is not in Mexico. So my bad. Um, anyways, Frank's gonna swing by. We'll talk to him about a few things like the idea of Corey Perry and all that. We might even give our take on that a little bit earlier on. Uh, but first off, I want to start the show with a little bit of sad news. Uh, Edmonton sports media icon, John Short, uh, sadly passed away. Um, I mean, for people who don't know, he would be the, the grandfather of sports talk radio in Edmonton. Um, this is a guy who did one of the first sports talk shows. I always like to say that whoever your favorite broadcaster is in Edmonton, John Short was their favorite broadcaster growing up, right? Like you hear Gregor's stories about when he was a kid getting to listen to John Short in the car. And then eventually John Short's the one that gave Gregor an opportunity on the night shows. And when you follow that, like 
the impact John Short had himself, the impact he had on a guy like Gregor, the way Gregor revolutionized the business side of sports talk radio in the city, like everything kind of circles back to John Short and the impact he had. So I haven't, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I had a ton of interactions with him, yeah. nothing more than a handful, but we had spoken a few times at, at different events and always just a nice guy with a ton of time to have a conversation with, with anyone. Um, and I think you, you recognize and understand his impact. If you go scroll through Twitter for yeah. five minutes right now and see the Spectres, the Mathesons, the Bryn Griffiths, Dave Jameson, Low Tide, of course, Gregor, like everyone like that with paragraphs and, and it, they could probably go on for hours about it. So um, our condolences to the family of John Short, our condolences to all of the sports media members in uh, in this city who had a connection to John Short, and it's pretty much all of them. Um, he lived an amazing life, top of his top of the class when it comes to his field. Um, not enough good things you you could ever say about John Short. So rest in peace, condolences to the family. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I never met him. But like you said, like going through Twitter, you can just see kind of the impact he had on the Edmonton community and yep. in the sports Edmonton community, I should say. And you know, he'll he'll be remembered by a lot of people in a very positive way. And unfortunate situation, of course. Yeah, um, I like this one from Jason. When I was a child, I was called into John. He was such a nice guy. I'm not sure I'd be the sports fan I am today if not for him. So again, a legend in the media game, a legend in the city as well. Rest in peace to John Short. Uh, but let's talk about a little bit of this hockey game mm. tonight, Liam. Uh, the Oilers taking on the Red Wings, looking for nine in a row trying to have Ooh. the longest winning streak of their season and once again move into a tie for the longest winning streak <laughs> in franchise history which they also had a chance to do a little bit earlier on this year and unfortunately lost that game to the Tampa Bay Lightning yes when it was right in the right in their grasp there wasn't it just couldn't quite grab it. Couldn't quite grab it. Uh, but tonight's a really good opportunity against a team that is actually pretty good. So let's get into some game notes for our friends at Charm Diamonds. Liam, they're your spot. They have more than 80 locations across Canada through Charm and their sister brands. Um, they're home of the Pro Pose as well as my computer legs. Come on, computer. Get, get going. They've been around since 1972. That's how you know you can trust them with everything you need for that special someone in your life. It's the perfect time to go check out their large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds, mine diamonds, and don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing, OAC. For more information, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. Here are your game notes for this evening. The Detroit Red Wings, they are starting to figure out their game a little yep. bit. They got off to a tremendous start to the season, cooled off. And now they're heating up wins in three in a row for the Detroit Red Wings. As you take a look at how these two teams stack up, the wings on the season have scored a little bit better than the Oilers. The Oilers, however, have been better at preventing goals on the season as a whole. Oilers power play much better. Wings power, penalty kill just a hair better. So on the season, Detroit is, you know, kind of above average. Edmonton is right around league average since December 1st, when Edmonton really turned on the Jets. They have the ninth best power play and the fifth best penalty kill. Detroit sixth and PK 18th in power play in that span. It's also since December 1st, you want to talk about how these two teams kind of rank. Like I said, Detroit kind of hit the skids there for a little yeah. bit since December one, Detroit 26th in points percentage in the NHL. The Oilers second in the NHL in points percentage. The only team that's better. Edmonton. No, Edmonton second Detroit. Detroit's 26. Winnipeg. There you go. The Winnipeg Jets. That was a little bit of like a who's on first. <laughs> Whatever happened there. Uh, a big reason why Detroit has started to turn it around is they're getting some contributions from their big guns. And one of their big guns is a fresh face. Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkat are starting to find their groove once again for the Red Wings. And Kane, since he was signed as a free agent, not acquired, they signed him. They got him for basically nothing. 14 points. In 16 games, he is averaging close to 19 minutes a game in that span. Um, they got these two teamed up on the second line. Debrinkat leads the team in points right now as well. So um, that's the dynamic duo that will try to line up against the Oilers dynamic duo tonight. Yeah, it's uh, Patrick Kane has been their best forward in the last 10 games. Probably. Probably. Yeah. 
it's uh, it's kind of crazy how quickly he's been able to adapt to it. I know he's he's not a goal in his last five, but overall he's been, been very impactful. I think he had yep. was it a shootout winner the other early, day? I think it was earlier on in his career, but I mean Patrick Kane and shootout winners definitely go hand in hand. No, I mean didn't he have one in the last like five six games? Oh, maybe. Bit? Yeah. Either way, I'm just saying like crazy that like he had his surgery and was just able to jump right back into things with Detroit and make them more of a threat in, the, in yeah. that division. We've spoke about it, maybe not on this show as much, but on one of our other shows about how Ottawa and, and Buffalo have kind of struggled. Mm-hmm. But Detroit was supposed to be one of those teams too. Like you said, good start to the season, triggered off a little bit, but seemed to be back on the climb a little bit. I like a lot of their team. I think their top six is legit. And we'll see. The Mort Sider is a hell of a player. He is going to be... I think yeah. he'll be uh, probably a legend. He's winning multiple Vesnas. Uh, Vez- Norris, maybe. Maybe yeah. you never know. Maybe he'll switch positions. Uh, in their last 10 games, Kane and Debrinkat each have 12 points. So they've combined for 24 <laughs> points together in their last 10 games. 19 of them coming at even strength. Patrick Kane in his last 10 games, five goals, all of them at even strength as well. So while the power play is still struggling to get going in Detroit, they're scoring at five on five. And that's always a little worrisome for the Oilers when you go up against a team that is scoring well at five on five. That blue line, I think it's gotten a lot better over the last couple of seasons. It was definitely a spot they struggled with. And they also have a guy on that back end who I think is one of the more underrated players in the NHL. Oh, Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman. He's a good player. And he hits the gritty whenever he scores an OT winner. That was sick. And you know what was sicker, as the kids say? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Um, Maybe. When... They made into a bobblehead. Oh yeah, they that did. was cool. That yeah. was really cool. Very good marketing team in Detroit. That's, a, that's yeah. that was my next point. Actually, he plays on their top pairing though, and he holds good. up. Like you dig into his numbers, and like again, Moritz Sider has been incredible basically since he stepped foot onto the ice into the NHL. But he's gotten better since they paired him up with Jake Wallman. So it's. On one hand, it's a bit of like a ragtag blue line because it's like Ben Sherrod, who, I mean, they overpaid for him. That wasn't yeah. a great signing, but they needed vets. Shane Goss, despair, a guy who wasn't necessarily scooped up off the scrap heap, but a guy who, I mean, towards the end of his time in Philly, people were kind of like, Ooh, is this guy ever going to be an NHLer again? Yeah. Justin Hull, again, they overpaid Whoa. to get these blue liners. Oli Mata, um, they picked up Jeff Petrie, 50% retained, but... I do like the approach of like, we have this young stud in Mo Sider. Let's surround him with as much talent as we can. In not too similar of a way, but in a weird way, they remind me uh, of uh, like the Vegas Golden Knights misfits group. Yeah. Like, kind in like of. A, a weird way, like they're very different. I'm not comparing them side, side to side, but like, like that top two legit mm-hmm. like Sider and Waltman, but the rest of them is kind of like, Justin Hall was not wanted anymore. Ben Sherratt was, everyone said, was overpaid, whatever. Overpaid was, and like but. wasn't wanted after he was like the, was it the Panthers that acquired him, right? For so much. And then you have a uh, Goss who's just kind of been tossed around the last few years. And then Jeff Petrie, who's a good player. I, I like Petrie, but he's it, coming to the end of his career. Yeah. He's 36 now. So he's just like, we don't want this guy. We don't want this guy. And Detroit's like, well, we'll take them all. Unfortunately, they all have like no movement clauses. So we'll see how well these all age. But Right now, it's a legit defensive group. And the other thing I like about this approach, they still have more young guys coming. Simon Edvinson's going to be a stud. It's just a matter of him breaking into the NHL. Even Will Wallander, who was their second-round pick in 23 or 22, yeah. both those guys are going to be players for them. And what you can now do is peace, a peaceful transition of power, so to speak, right? You can give those guys all the time you need in the minors. They eventually work their way up as names like Sherratt and Petrie age out. And boom, your next generation is locked in. They have that other kid too. who's just unreal at the World Juniors. Axel Sandin Pelika. Yeah, Sandin Pelika. Is he? Holy smokes. He's a Red Wings pick? Yeah, he's a 17th overall pick. He might have been the best player at the World Juniors. It was unbelievable. They have Nate Danielson, who just got traded to Portland in the... uh, Is he a defenseman? No, he's a forward, but he's... Oh boy, oh boy, he's really good. I as forgot well. about Sandy and Pelica. He's sick. Just like so many other guys yeah. to it. Even outside of like, they've just been able to draft so well. They seem to have like, we kind of maybe, maybe not you, maybe it was more of me, like question the eyes of plan a little bit over the summer. It's like, who are you signing here? You know, it was just kind of like a bunch of like random guys that we just kind of spoke about with the blue line, but the way, and we'll see how it works. They're not in a playoff spot today. No. 
But the way they've been able to draft too, like outside of the defense, like Sebastian Cosa as well, like guys like that. Caught a Guylander, former Showpark Crusader. That could be their, hey, their goalie duo of the future could, could be a Crusader and an oil kid. They, uh, they train together too. Two M- Curtis Muka guys. Shout and two, yeah, big shout out Curtis yeah. Muka, who, uh, I mean, I think he's a guy who one day is going to work for an NHL team. I think he's maybe incredibly yeah. bright. And he was also always my laptop charger savior at Oil Kings <laughs> games. The amount of times I DM'd him on Twitter and was like, hey, man, I'm in the press box. I don't have a laptop charger. I can't do my job. And he'd he's bail a, me out. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's done a great job with his goalies, too. There you go. Those are your game notes brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, proudly Canadian-owned and operated since 1972. You can get a custom ring built and delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. For more information on what they can do for you, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. we got about four minutes until our pal Frank Saravalli is going to swing by. We'll save the giant question and uh, and our keys to victory for a little bit later. A lot of people talking about Calvin Pickard, the fact he's starting. A lot of people wanting our takes on Sam Gagne not being in lineup. Excuse me. I just hiccuped really bad. That was disgusting. Didn't even notice. I know. I could have probably just rolled right through and no one has said anything, but I it really threw off my momentum. Anyways, we're going to get to the rest of the game day stuff a little bit later. But with Frank coming up, I want to talk about some trade acquisition stuff. Yesterday, it came out. Corey Perry, good to go. I mean, the whole time he could sign with whoever he wanted to. Um, oh, really? I thought he was on like a bit of an exempt list. No. Frank will talk about this. Oh, Anyways, um, the thing with Perry, so he had that $4 million deal with mm-hmm. the Hawks. $2 million of that was a signing bonus. He's made north of $2 million already this year. He's made a ton of money in his career. This is not like an Evander Kane situation where the Oilers thought they'd give him like a $2, $3 million contract and then the cap hit got right. prorated. Corey Perry, in all likelihood, is going to go somewhere where he can win and go somewhere and probably sign for league minimum. Um, so four goals in 16 games. They call him the worm. He's greasy. A guy you hate to play against, would love to have on your team. Old, comes with some baggage and some potential backlash. But at the same time, I I don't think, and I mean, granted, it never came out what happened with Corey Perry, but never criminal or anything like that, right? Like, it just seemed like a Hawks organization that understandably had to be overly sensitive to things of that nature and did what they had to do there. Would you be open to Corey Perry? He was scoring at a 20-goal pace for the Hawks before they uh, let him go, playing 14 minutes a night. Um, would you be open to him as an Oiler? Yes, I would be open to him uh, as an Oiler. Um, I think when you look at the bottom six, he's better than Ernie. And he's yes. probably better than like a James Hamlin, of course, too. Probably better than Derek Ryan. Probably better than Yamark. Yeah, probably. Gagne, probably too. Although he's on pace for like 20 goals as well, to his credit. Uh, But he he would fit into this team and he makes the others tougher to play against. And I really do think it it could be something that that would benefit the team massively, especially in the playoffs. He's a guy that's been there multiple times deep in playoff runs, whether it be with the Anaheim Ducks or his last three of the four years he's been to the finals. Unfortunately, he's lost. So maybe that's the mojo you don't want to bring in. There you go. But, yeah, I love this board. But like, Stanley Cup loser three straight yeah, seasons. Was, I like in the third year when he was like, you know what? I'm just I'm sick of losing the Bolts. I'm going to go to the Bolts. It's like, oh, you shitting me. <laughs> A question I had about all of this, though. So when he left Chicago and his contract was terminated, did he get that money or was that just no gone? Gone. That's just gone. But he got a signing bonus, right? Because two million bucks. Gotcha. Okay. So he got a little bit. So yeah, I was I was curious about that. You mentioned it briefly there that like he's made a lot of money over his career and he wouldn't have to wouldn't have to worry about paying him too much money. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like the Oilers' morals have gone out the window the last couple of years anyway on signing players. But I don't even whether think we, this is a moral no, thing. No, 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 no. I don't I don't think so either. What I was gonna say was like whether we like it or not. Corey Perry is on like the lesser end of this scale. I, I would assume because nothing, nothing has come out. Like, I don't think the backlash to this would even be nearly as bad as the backlash to Evander Kane. I think Jake Vertanen. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, that one might've been worse. Yeah. Well, I'd wipe well, that from my memory. Was. So thank yeah. you. It was definitely worse. Yeah. Um, but I think, and, and maybe this is what you were trying to say. The Oilers have shown if a player can make them better, they don't care about a little bit of backlash. Yeah. Which is good and bad. I, yeah. I, no, we're not saying they're praising the, I'm not praising them for Vertanen at no, all. Like that, that was, was a dumb joke. as hell. But Corey Perry, we'll see. I think it's uh 
a good option to consider. Yeah. Uh, Mulek said Kane, Holloway, Perry, when Kane is playing well, would be a handful of a line to deal with. And, and yeah, I mean, the idea of like pairing him up and having a little bash brother thing with him and Evander Kane, like, hello. It, it might trigger Kane a little bit too. I've seen a lot of Kane haters, we'll call him, on Twitter recently. And just kind of the stuff of like, when he's off the ice, he'll just go this many goals and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, I, I get all that. But also let's consider that like, very, very rarely in the NHL are you going to have 12 perfect forwards, six perfect defensemen, and two perfect goalies. There's always going to be somebody on the team who lets you down in a way. And I mean, Ren Kane has 14 goals. Has he been good recently? No. I think you need a lot more from him. But maybe having a guy like Perry can kind of like yeah. spark that a little bit from him. Yeah, maybe. Um, the other thing I like here, right shot, right? So he slides in on your right side. And yep. I mean, that's an area that's thin. And when you talk about the Oilers potentially, you know, wanting to add at the deadline, money has to go out and not saying at all, this is an apples to apples thing or Perry can be a direct replacement for him. But you add a layer of depth on the right side, all of a sudden your depth chart there is sitting and looking like Hyman, Fogel, Brown, Perry, Yanmark. Maybe you sit there and go, Perry comes in, fits in well over the next month, and you, you trade Warren Fogle now without sacrificing too much, too, too much of things on the right side. Maybe Perry comes in, plays well, Connor Brown turns it around, and like just having guys with a little bit of upside would be nice. And I'm not saying Perry has long term upside, but you'd have the ability to come in here and help. A lot of what if said, though. I don't know if I, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't know if I'd be too quick to trade Fogel anytime soon. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm saying, you know, yeah, it's exactly. what ifs. Everything's what ifs. The, uh, and I guess just for, for conversation's sake, if the Oilers were to send down Adam Ernie, they could just, and if, if Corey Perry came under a million, that's how they would make this work. Yeah, you could definitely make it work if it's a league minimum kind of thing. Uh, let's continue this conversation by heading over to the Star Mechanical Guest Line, one of Edmonton's biggest locally owned and operated plumbing and heating businesses. They've been working in the community for more than 20 years. Many of the homes in Edmonton, Liam, they got the Star Mechanical fingerprints all over them. You know it's quality if it's with Star Mechanical 24-7 emergency service as well. Frank Saravalli is available 24-7 for us leading up to the <laughs> trade deadline. Uh, three in the morning, trade happens. We'll just bring Frank on. We'll go live with Frank. Uh, Mr. Saravalli, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, you're, coming well. up, you're coming up to Alberta in like a week, eight days. And uh, oh, I don't know really? if you're aware of this. It is minus 40 Celsius, which is also minus 40 Fahrenheit today. Yeah, I've never gotten to the point where I've been in the flesh and seen the two different temperature scales meet, and I don't, not really looking forward to seeing it. Yesterday, I went outside to shovel my driveway, and my mustache froze instantly. And I came inside, and it all just like warmed up. And I have never, it felt like I had the runniest nose in my entire life. It just like it was, it was brutal. So look forward to that, Frank. That sounds pretty gross. It was awful. Sounds terrible. Uh, the lows this weekend, I think, are minus 37 without the wind chill, right? Uh, minus 51, I read, with the wind chill. It's nasty. But am I, am I reading this right? Next, So next week, oh, this is in Fahrenheit. Next week, when I get there, it'll be 8 and 6. So, like, whatever that comes out to. Yeah, it's it's not too, too bad. I, are you reading the Jasper forecast? Because the Jasper forecast is way better than Edmonton. Oh, no, I'm looking at the Edmonton forecast. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Jasper forecast, I think, is actually okay. I think it's only supposed to be like minus five Celsius. When we go out to the Fairmont JPL for the Tourism Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Liam, what's frustrating you, buddy? Next Tuesday is minus three. Hell yeah, we're back. <laughs> is Liam coming to Jasper? No, I can't skate. Oh. Well, and I, well, I should rephrase that. I can't skate and hold a stick at the same time and also move. Ah, that's so how they be get a you. bit of a liability. I mean, those... Things are kind of necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the criteria. Uh, I mean, Frank that's was, not the that's not the criteria to come on the trip. It's just can you drink a beer? But yes, that's true. I, I can drink many. Mm. I've been asked. Oh, hey. he, I mean, he does have some English blood, so <laughs> I, I'm bringing Amber. But you could come sleep on the foot of our bed. Oh, like that sounds dog. nice, like a dog. <laughs> All right. Anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the hockey dog. Nobody cares about this nonsense. Uh, Frank, did you just in, did you just invite him to your bed? That's that's yeah, oh, the right. foot of the bed. Yeah, foot, foot of, of the, the bed, bed, Frank. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're tight. Uh, before you came on, we were gauging the temperature of our listeners, and uh, on Corey Perry, the idea of the Oilers picking him up, he's eligible to sign now. 
I mean, he always was eligible to sign, correct? Yeah, and that's the one thing that kind of caught everyone off guard, including the league on Wednesday, that yes, Corey Perry did meet with Commissioner Gary Bettman. It was really just to clear the air. It was at his request. Corey Perry wanted to do so just to uh, to to have that conversation. But he was eligible to sign a deal hours after the Chicago Blackhawks terminated his contract. So uh, full unrestricted free agent, which is... Uh, certainly has teams interested in lining up. So like he's going to get signed, right? Like someone's going to jump at this pretty quick. I would assume. Yeah. I have zero doubt, like zero that Mm -hmm. someone signs it. What do you think about the Oilers? I think the Oilers are an authentic candidate. I think when you consider their roster and how, for whatever reason, Going back to, you know, even the Pugliarvi days, the right side of their lineup has always kind of been slightly thin. And I think that part makes a ton of sense. I also think there's like an element to Corey Perry that would be really valuable to the Oilers in addition to his game, which has defied father time. He's on track for 50 some points this year and 20 goals or thereabouts. So um, still a talented player, someone that has had lots of playoff success, three straight Stanley Cup finals, all losing efforts, uh, you know, right around the COVID years. And of course, won one to start his career with the Anaheim Ducks. And he's just someone that oozes competitiveness. And I think that's one thing at times, like I, from a consistent standpoint, it's not, I'm not talking about the stars, but I'm certainly talking about the bottom six. Like I, I'd like to see just a little something different that someone brings to the table. The, there's one name on your list, Frank, that really intrigued me that I, I wanted to pick your brain on. And it's uh, Kevin Hayes. You know, they, they St. Louis retain again. I think, what is it? 1.75. Hayes 3.75 right now. It, is that a possibility? That seems like a really good fit for Edmonton. I think he'd be a good fit in a lot of places. I think cap wise at one seven five, it's a little bit more doable for the Oilers. If the blues were to retain half, I don't know how, you know, maybe he'd be down for anything. I don't know how Kevin Hayes feels about going to play in Edmonton. He did do a trade deadline stint in, in Winnipeg. It's not forever. Uh, but then there is a couple years that are left on your deal. Um, after the fact. So I, I would think me personally, that if the Oilers were to target someone to play a three C role, that it would probably someone that doesn't have strings attached. Um, that is a pending UFA, you know, way more along the lines of Sean Monahan than Kevin Hayes. Sean Monahan's kind of been our boy this year. It makes a lot of sense. And the, the Calgary revenge factor is, is cool layer. And but also like, he makes no money and he's having a really good season. The only worry would be is can he stay healthy? Yeah. And I think that's certainly a concern, you know, in the back of everyone's mind, as good as he's been this year, as healthy as he's been, there's a reason why he had a really small $15,000 bonus for him to get to 26 games played. And you're like 26 games played. Who cares? Why? Who designates that as a bonus? It means that he would have played one more this year than he did last year. So it's a little carrot, you know, dangling on the end of the stick for him to try and, you know, do all the right things to remain as healthy as possible. So that you so much that you can, because I feel like so much of that is luck based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. I'm just browsing over your trade targets list here and some of the names that are featured in the top 10. And the Anaheim Ducks made a splash earlier this week adding Cutter Gauthier. Now you look at a team that, I mean, the blue line, the young blue liners are all there with Zell Weger and Jackson Lacombe and Mintikov. And then up front, it's like, poof, Mason McTavish, and Leo Carlson. Then you add Trevor Zegers, I guess. Now Cutter Gauthier, but Troy Terry, he's he's still good. Um, But Trevor Zegers, yeah. Uh, Trevor Zegers is on your trade targets list. What's kind of the word around him and and why is a guy who, I mean, is still kind of considered one of the young faces of the game. Why is he potentially on the move? So sources indicated that in conversations that GM Pat Verbeek has had with uh, counterpart managers around the league this year, that he has mentioned the name of Trevor Zegers and that, you know, he is available. And I think, People are surprised by that. Why a player so young that has 
had back-to-back 60-point seasons. And I think the best that we can figure it is when Pat Verbeek looks at the long-term vision of how he sees the Anaheim Ducks playing, I think there's real question marks about whether he feels like Trevor Zegras meshes with that style. And you talk to different people around the league and they kind of see Zegras as someone that needs to add different facets to his game. Uh, he's somewhat one dimensional in his ability to produce points and create as, as important as that is look at Andre Kuzmenko and how this year's unfolded. Another guy on our trade targets board who was one goal away from 40 goals and 75 points last year as an NHL rookie but he's got these facets to his game that drives Rick Tockett crazy. And I'd imagine some of those same things, back checking, pressure on the four check, like stuff like that probably drives Pat Verbeek and the Ducks crazy saying, hey, you've got all the talent in the world, but you don't do these other things that we need you to do to be a more complete player. And so there's two things that can happen. Either, well, three things. One, you can harness the good that he does and forget about the bad, which I don't think I see happening Two, you can try and build it in his game and, and squeeze that out of him. That's a potential option. And I think that's what they're trying to do right now. Or three, you can just cut bait and say, Hey, is there someone else out there that values what he does and thinks that they can harness it to the best of their teams? Uh, you know, complimentary pieces and, Let's make a deal. And so that's the sort of, you know, ongoing discussion about Trevor Zegers behind the scenes. Like, I don't, do I think he's a lock to get traded um, at the deadline? No, I don't. I think if this was going to materialize, it'd probably be, you know, a bit further on in the summer. But now that this becomes a talking point and one that has been on multiple platforms, you never know how the Ducks react. You never know how Zegers reacts. And so that part, I think, bears watching. Should have probably seen this one come in, to be fair. They've drafted a centerman three years in a row in the first round. Like maybe the right has been on the wall for a little bit. Or right? maybe, I mean, at, at best, maybe they just don't value Zegris as a centerman either, yeah, right? Like yeah, that, that could true. be a possibility. Um, flash looking at AB, can you flash up the trade targets again? There's a name on here, and Matt Larkin wrote a piece the other day about Chris Tanev and potential landing spots for him. I know there are a lot of people in our YouTube chat who love the idea of Chris Tanev as the Cody CC upgrade ahead of the mm. deadline. Do you see that as an area the Oilers are still interested in looking at that CC top four right D slot upgrade? Or do you think the Oilers focus will eventually be drawn elsewhere? I think CC has gone a long way this year, kind of again in quieting some of that down. Um, I do think that the Oilers could really use one more really efficient, staunch defender. How that shakes out on their list of priorities is kind of like shaking a magic eight ball. Like you don't really know what kind of answer you're going to get day to day based on how this team is playing. And so between three C staunch defender, what happens with their goaltending? Like you've got three different positions that could probably all use a little attention. But when you're dealing with a limited asset portfolio and limited cap space, you know, that's a real concern as to how the pecking order works and going about tackling those. I personally, um, I, I hem and haul on this. Like some days I'm like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, defense should be their number one priority. And then I look at the last few weeks and I'm like, damn, they've defended so well. And and Paul Coffey's made a huge difference. And, you know, go down the list. Like there's lots of reasons to be hopeful about what you've seen from this defense group. And then, you know, I'm looking at it and saying, well, can't they just like in a perfect world, like can McLeod play center? Can he be the three C is he the internal solution that just kind of makes sense. And like, you can talk yourself into any one of those three positions as being the most important. And I guess between now and March 8th, 58 days away, the answer in some ways I think will become self-evident. And I think the Oilers as a general team philosophy in the way Ken Holland thinks would probably be to lean more towards defense. But I personally wouldn't be trading for Chris Tanev. Interesting. 
Yeah, I, I wrote about that. And then I think the article is going to come out tomorrow morning on Oilers Nation, but just the number of what ifs there are for this team. And it's why like so I, many. I love reading through your trade targets every time it comes out and kind of doing the whole like, is he a fit on the Oilers? Yes, no. And I kind of went through your list and like there was no one that jumped out to me as like, a, ooh, that's why I'm going to throw kind of myself behind leading up to the deadline. You know, make him my guy like I mm-hmm. tend to do every year with someone. And I just think it's because like, if McLeod and Fogel keep playing well with Drysaddle, then the need's a three C. But if you move McLeod back to C, then the need is a winger. And if you know Evander Kane steps up, figures out his game, then maybe the need shifts back to a blue line. And if Pickard shits his pants over the next month, then the need's all of a sudden a goalie again. And like you can talk yourself into six different things that they need to add. And the other side too, Frank, there's not a lot of clear cut sellers right now. Like you look at your list, and like there's the Calgary guys, and you know Montreal, Anaheim has a few, but. In the East and West, there's combined maybe five teams who are sitting right now going, oh, we're definitely sellers. Everyone else is mush. Yeah, and to to your point, I think depending on what the need is at the moment and depending on what the market looks like and not having a sort of clear, this guy's the A1 perfect fit for this team, I think it's in the Oilers' best interest to wait as long as possible Mm. to make sure that in the meantime, nothing else pops up that Mm -hmm. you don't have a critical injury somewhere that you need to address. And damn, you just shot your load and don't have any prospects and or picks left to trade. Like that part is all, you know, into the calculus of this that, you know, I always think back to the, you know, people always want teams to jump the market. And I think back to the, to the Lula Morello, if you have time, use it. And that probably is in the Oilers best interest right now, as well as they're playing. One player that's not on your list anymore is is Warren Fogle. So what what was kind of the reasoning for moving him off? Is it kind of what you just said, like the others maybe aren't in any position to make like, a trade right now? Like CC, he might have played him. Yeah, play himself off really the list. A hundred percent, he played himself off the list. Yeah, he's been too valuable for the Oilers to move. Like if they had a clear cut upgrade or a, a some piece that they felt like you know they absolutely had to have that became available that kind of surprised us all. Would they trade Fogel? Yeah, they would. Would they trade CC if they needed to, they traded Tyson Barry last year. Like I don't think they'd hesitate for a second. I just don't think at this exact moment in time, they have a real need to do that. And so as well as he's played, keep him right where he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one I want to hit on with you, just because we got some people in the chat talking about it. And I like forwarding off their questions a little bit. Uh, Mark Spector's piece with Leon Drysaddle certainly got a lot of reaction. I enjoyed it. I thought just the fact that Drysaddle was willing to sit down and talk about that kind of a topic was an interesting little insight to how he's thinking right now, yeah. a bit of insight. What do you make of, I mean, it's not going to be a huge conversation until the summer, but it will be a big conversation when it hits in the summer. Do you think this is a duo in Drysaddle and the Oilers that are know meant to be a long-term marriage or do you think there's a part of dry settle maybe that goes ah, maybe the grass is greener elsewhere if we don't win this year i don't know really what to make of the story why now why was it just because they were bored in detroit in an afternoon like <laughs> what what was the th- i get why mark specter wanted to write it i just is is the only thing that I came away with that was, is Drysaddle trying to send a message of any kind. And I don't, I didn't read one between the lines, but you never know with posturing and how these things work. I have never had much on my radar in terms of Drysaddle and the Oilers eventually at some point parting ways. Like it's, I'm, I'm thinking it's a single digit percent chance. And the reason for that is, there's only one place on planet earth that he can play with Connor McDavid. And you have to think that as close as those two guys are as close as it kind of feels like they've been to breaking through and finally putting their name on a cup that until they do that, it feels like unfinished business. And more than that, it feels like going out to try and do it on your own as much as, you know, I'm sure Robin feels at times like, he plays in the shadow of Batman that you have your best opportunity right in front of you. Why? Like why bleep with happy? Mm -hmm. I agree. 
And I mean, there also is like the <clears throat> friendship and their significant others incredibly tight have been tight for a long, you know, right. There's just, there's a lot of elements at play. Um, but again, it, it's a story for probably July, not a story for now. Um, Frank, finally, before we let you go, cause we've kept you forever. Eagles, they pulling it off. The Bucks stink, man. I know the Eagles stink right now, but Eagles, the Bucks man. are real stinky. I don't know. I don't feel good about any part of the Eagles, which as soon as they win on Monday, I probably will again. I can't believe they're the Monday night game. I really cannot. Like that might be, but that's it's an intriguing matchup just because neither of those teams are playing well. Exactly. You have Detroit and and the Rams. Yeah, so yeah, Rams. And the Rams. Yeah, that should be the Monday night game. Ah, we'll see. Teams are sorry. Networks have the ability to pick too, and yeah, the Philly market is a big TV market. So that's true. Doesn't shock me that ESPN would want it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, all three of our teams are in the playoffs this weekend. We'll see if all three of us are still talking about playoff football uh, when we do this thing again next week. Frank, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for staying long. See you, Frank. See you guys. There you go. Frank Cervalli, our daily face-off insider for Star Mechanical. You know what I love about Frank? Comes and gives it to you straight. There's no being around mm-hmm. the bush with that guy. Nope. You know what I love about Star Mechanical? No they don't have ex- around the bush. Well, they don't. And they don't have expensive rates. They have services and products. They're reliable, cost-effective, and efficient. Head to starmechanical.ca to schedule an appointment. Find out more about how they can keep your home running smoothly. A couple people in here dropping in their allegiances this week for football. We'll talk a little bit more football tomorrow. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX 10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's EUFY.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all in one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. We got some bets, I think, tomorrow. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll definitely do some bets tomorrow. Uh, All right, moving along to our Sherwood Ford giant question of the day for Sherwood Ford and their mobile service department. You can find out more about everything that makes the dealership A+, plus by going to SherwoodFord.ca. Liam, Calvin Pickard is going to get the start. His 904 save percentage on the line tonight. (laughs) Calvin Pickard revenge game. Was it the right call to go with the man we call Pick Daddy between the pipes? I've never heard anybody call Well, they call Skinner Skin Daddy, so... Tristan, which is also kind of uh, comfortable. <laughs> Was it the right decision to go with Pickett tonight? You know, what? I'll say no, but also I don't mind it at all. I think Pickett's done well and like you can trust him in games, but the Detroit Red Wings are the best team you play on this road trip. You should probably play your best lineup against them. So I would have gone with Skinner tonight and then I would have given uh, Calvin Pickett the, <laughs> the Montreal game. With that said, again, Pickett's played well in the games. There was one game earlier. Who did they play when he when they put him in at home and he actually played a pretty good team? Was it Carolina? Devils? That's right. The Devils. And he played well. So don't underestimate him. He's a good goalie. Calvin Pickett versus Liam gonna be crazy. I'm a big pick daddy guy. Mm. I'm like I like Cal. I'm going to go ahead and say right call tonight. Um, I think he's shown you can trust him against good teams in terms of managing rest for Stuart Skinner. This is probably the best one because now you give him three days off, play him Saturday against Montreal to wrap up the road chip, a couple days off, three of them, I believe, or two. Then he's back on Tuesday against Toronto in a big game. Then you can play him 
against Seattle. And again, give him three straight starts, flip back to Pickard the one after that. So this uh, could be the starting goalie matchup tonight is Calvin Pickard. Flip back to Alex Lyon. (laughs) He's got good numbers this year and he had good numbers to finish out the year with the Florida Panthers as well. So not exactly a household name, but not a guy you can take lightly. Yeah, just uh, there's always these goalies, isn't there, that just kind of pop up out of absolutely nowhere. Like Alex Lyon, I believe, is 31 years old. Yeah, and he's man. just like finding his groove in the NHL now. That's why, like, I know I just said don't start Pickett tonight, but like maybe Pickett's a bit similar. Like, obviously, his numbers don't quite stack up the same there, but like he's done well. I remember a couple of years ago, it wasn't like Cam Tal, but like an undrafted guy came in when he was like 24 or something like that. Yeah, he had a couple of good years a little at the bit Rangers. later, yeah. but it's just like, you know, these guys can kind of just show up. Goalies are Jordan P- uh, Bennington. Goalies are weird, man. Yeah. I, they drive me nuts. But the thing is, when people talk about, like, you can't trust Pickard and Skinner going into a playoff run. And it's like, you know, last year, like, Alex Lyon was the Panthers starter going into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, that was a thing, man. They went to Bobrovsky after. Like, sometimes goalies get hot and you can get away with riding the hot hand for four or five months even. Yeah, you can. They got Euler fans said too. Uh, Ingram, Aiden Hill. <laughs> Go down the list. It's crazy. LeBron Brassois' career resurgence a couple yeah. of years ago, right? Like, right, it right happened. Now. Brassois yeah. having a good year. Ingram and Hill might be all stars this year if if they're voting Maybe. correctly. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a kind of a crazy little thing. How's your coffee going? It's empty. I really need a refill. I've got the shakes. Got the shakes. My tea's delicious. This Yeti cup. What yeah. What did you think of uh, anything you wanted to take away from Frank? I like the Perry idea. The more I think about it, yeah, I uh, think it opens up a Fogel trade and an opportunity to save money. I wonder. And I wonder. I think Kevin Hayes should be the guy for them. And I think I don't think he'll come here. I think the fact he went to Winnipeg is actually very intriguing. I know it's it is half a season when he had no trade protection. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I I don't know. Like it may be the Bruins just come in and snap him up. Like, you know, that almost seems inevitable, doesn't it? It's, It's too bad. But he is he's the only guy on that list where I'm like, damn, like that is the guy I want. Let's we'll go through it quickly. Lindholm, I would love he's not coming. So we're going through all Frank's list? We'll go through quickly. Yeah, you go and I'll say if they're if they have to be both a fit and realistic. Okay, Lindholm. No. Monahan. Yes. Tanev. No. Zegras. No. Hannafin. No. D'Angelo. No. Henrique. Too expensive. No. I think there's a possibility there. Kuzmenko. No. Sean Walker. Yes. Yes, I think so too. Chikrin? I'm going to say no. Uh, I just don't think he fits yeah, what they need. I'll say no too. Marazic? Yes. Yes, there's a possibility. Wouldn't be high on my list. Um, Jake Allen? No, hate the extra year. Yeah. Um, Alexander Carrier? Yes, if Nashville eats half. Okay. Sela? Yes, especially if Philly eats half and he's 375K. Oh that would be hilarious. Be awesome. Kevin Hayes. Sadly, no. Oh, damn it. I know. Sorry, big uh, Jack Ro- Roslevic. Roslevic. Uh, no. Too expensive? Yeah, too expensive. Four I like Tessier, but not Roslevic. Morgan Frost. He's Ryan McLeod 2.0. I'm good. Yeah, but 2.1 I mean, is, is he your third line center, though, for a playoff run? Is no. he a sentiment? Oh, he is a sentiment. Yeah, probably, probably not that. But he had a great year last year. He did. Maybe, like the change of environment can boost him. By like, if I, Ryan McLeod was still they struggling, probably want to sh- for sure thing though. If Ryan McLeod was still struggling, that's something we tossed out. Like swap McLeod for Frost when they were both struggling. Yeah, I, I don't acquire Frost if I and not a, not that they're the same player stylistically either. But like, I don't know. I just feel like Frost doesn't add anything that you don't have. Forty six points last season for Morgan Frost. Where was I here? Uh, Greenway. No. Uh, Mike Hoffman. No. Uh, Samsonov? No. Not. Holy moly. Anthony Mantha? Way too expensive. Too expensive. Texier? Yes. Okay, so that's seven. Kevin LeBanc? No, too expensive. Okay, this one's intriguing because there has been a little bit of speculation on this, but he has Andrew Peak and Adam Boquist at and, 24. And Rusty just dropped a question. Oh, did Boquist he? or Peak? Listen, I think what you're going for there is a high-end seventh defenseman. If you're going the route of a sealer, Sean Walker, even as well, I'll throw into the mix. Peak and Boquist, like the, the problem is term. If they were rentals, different, but like you're not getting Columbus to eat 50% of that. Boquist is done at the end of the year, but an RFA, so team restriction. No, he's one more year. You're looking at Jake Bean. 
No, I'm not. It says, well, there's a needs to be a correction in the in the article. Yep. Um, against the last one. Yeah, against we'll, too expensive. We'll take him, but he won't come. So yeah. seven of Frank's 25 between yeah. the two of us and could be realistic and yeah, realistic possibility for the team. Interesting. Interesting list. Not a lot on there compared to previous years, but maybe as mm-hmm. things kind of progress towards the deadline here, we'll, we'll see what, what breaks free. I'm still curious about these rumors of the Philadelphia top six players in Ottawa. Yeah. I should have asked Frank about Kubalik. Probably. Get him back. You said he's available 24-7. Is he still here? No, he dipped. Yeah, he dipped. Sometimes people hang out in the waiting room. We Colby Cole the other day. Colby, Colby watches the show while. every day. Um, <laughs> I love actually, Cole. Sorry, not to keep slowing down the show. Yeah, well. But I was watching Morning Cup of Hockey yesterday. As one does, there. as all good hockey fans should. So you can obviously go back and watch if you're not up at that time. It is an Eastern time zone yeah, 7 a.m. Mountain. But they interviewed Rucker McCourt. Rudger McGrody. Rudger McGrody. You know what? We do need each other yeah. for various reasons. <laughs> that kid has a lot of personality. And the interview they did with him was very, very good. And he, he just talks a lot about Rusty. You'll like this one. Talks a lot about the World Junior success they had and kind of like talks about his hit and like what the reaction was from the bench and just kind of, I don't know. He just seems like such a character. I think Winnipeg has a, a hell of a player. On and he likes the, the Jets. Loves the Jets. No Jets, baby. Love the Jets. He's going to be so good. Somebody put in the chat before to these American players and uh, they were saying Russian players, just like next generation seems to have a little bit of attitude to them. Kind of like it. Uh I like it a little bit of personality. You look at, you look at that group from a few years ago. We've obviously got Zegers who we've spoken about. who has a lot of personality. I think Cole Caulfield is a very funny guy to have in, in the league. And then Jack Hughes, I actually don't like Jack Hughes that much. I think his remarks are a bit, you know, they're a bit He's cocky. They're a bit rude, but I do like that he has something to give. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, Rusty says, Tyler, what should I pick for the survivor pool tonight? We'll get to it, Rusty. Daddy, chill. No nope. hard miss on that. You didn't like that. Uh, okay. We do need to, we'll get into a little bit of what you guys are saying over in the booster juice YouTube chat from January 19th to 21st. Myself, Frank, we are going to be out at the tourism Jasper pond hockey tournament, special, special shout out to not just tourism Jasper, but booster juice who's going to be sponsoring our team while we're out there. We are team Oilers nation and we are fueled by booster juice. You can visit a location today to refuel, refresh and re-energize or download the new booster rewards app to earn order and enjoy. If you want more info on the hockey tournament coming up right away, chehockey.com. I also, there's a BOA that night and I got, don't, don't let me forget BOA before we end the show. I got a fun thing going on for the listeners with that. With the BOA. Reaper is in and says my Yeti mug was so worth the $35. I got it in our company gift exchange and stole it from Zach Lang. I got my, my Top lovely girl. girlfriend one for Christmas and she loves it. She, she asked one for a birthday. I didn't get one because they were they're so popular. They were sold out. Yeah. So I had to wait. Uh, Kay Wadi is in and says, would rather a 3C than a 7D. We've I got agree. Broberg. You need both. Okay. I was thinking about this too, just when we, we spoke about like Bulkwist and Peak. Like, remember last year, and I'm not saying this guy is an upgrade or anything, but Vegas went out and just got Ben Hutton. Just got him. Swinger. He's just a good depth guy to have. Like, he's not a guy you yeah. want in your lineup every night, but it's like, yeah, this guy is an NHL player. Mm-hmm. They need to find that guy. I don't even know who it is, but yeah. that's who I would look for. Yep, totally. Um, Ryan is in and says, Peak is a great choice, as is Walker. I would just say, Walker, you can get at 50% retained because he's a pending UFA. Get that guy. Get him at 50% retained and don't don't get the extra years of Peak because it's probably going to be expensive or it, they're going to have to take that full amount yeah. of salary and you don't need him next year. Yep, for sure. Uh, Maynard is in says, Tyler scoffing at Hoffman, LOL. Absolutely. He has eight goals this season. He gets paid four and a half million. Uh, Maynard says, is Kucherov and Kane an option? I'm not sure what's required to do so. Um, he needs an actual injury. He <laughs> yeah, needs his doctor has to sign off on keeping him out of the lineup. I, I think what's maybe a hair more likely, not that this is likely at all. Don't tell people I've been saying this, but... The idea of Jack Campbell gets to a point in the American League where he goes, I'm done for the year. I got a reset. I, I'm out. And they LTIR him. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. There's, we don't, there's nothing to, to lead into that right now, I don't think. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Anything's possible. 
the Jack Campbell stuff has really quieted down for good and for yep. bad. I'm glad he's just not getting. I think everyone's just got to the point where it's like, well, just who knows? Like, who cares? Almost too. Just let him be. Let the man be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of talk about the goaltending in the YouTube chat here as well. Um, some people or someone said, if you're going to lose a game, it was Mateo who's in. If there's any game we need to lose this week and a half, it's lose tonight and possibly Saturday. Leafs game, cracking game are huge, but can't win them all. Um, you might be able to win them all, first off. Secondly, I do agree. I, it was probably due for a bit of a letdown spot or just a night where the bounces don't really go your way. You could argue that was last game, and now they got through it. And they're going to bring, you know, A-plus tonight. Mm-hmm. But they're probably, like, you're not going to go 82-0 kind of thing, right? Or however many games. You're not going to go 50-0 to end the season. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think tonight will be a difficult game. I think Detroit is good. I think they've been playing pretty well. They've won the three in a row. Granted, two of those wins were against yeah. San Jose and Anaheim, but they're they're going to be a test. They're not going to, especially on the road. That's something we said mm-hmm. early in the week. Like these three games are in very hostile environments. Yeah. Uh, all right, our friends at Backside Tours, Liam. We've worked with them in the past. I've gone on these trips in the past. They load up a bus in Edmonton. They drive you down to Calgary. Oh. You watch the BOA, you stay the night, you drive on back. They handle it all for you, and they are setting it up for next Saturday's BOA live in Calgary, January 20th until the 21st. Your ticket when you go through Backside Tours includes a game ticket, one night stay in the hotel in downtown Calgary after the game, transportation in a luxury motor coach to and from Calgary with pickup in Edmonton or Red Deer. Tickets can be purchased until this Sunday. So if you want to go, you are running out of time. I've been on this. The bus ride down is fun. Like if you want to go watch the Oilers game in Cowtown, this is the way to do it because you're sitting on the bus. You're not worrying about driving, right? Hotels booked for you, all of that stuff. We are also running a contest on our Oilers Nation socials to win a pair of tickets on the Backside Tours Calgary Hockey Road Trip. That contest is starting today, so keep it locked on the socials and running until the 14th. A big, big shout out to not just Backside Tours, but also Oodle Noodle for allowing this to happen. So head to our socials for a chance to win. Or if you don't want to risk it, if you don't just want to try win your way in, go purchase your ticket. Aaron, I want you to do me a favor because you were on the email. There's a link to buy. We will put it in our YouTube description. So if you want to click at the end of the show, just refresh your page. We will have the link in there. Shout out to Backside Tours and Oodle Noodle. Uh, Liam, moving along on today's show. Okay, Rusty, you wanted advice on what to do for the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor game. I got you because I'm also still alive. And I'll be honest, just looking at the options today over at dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com, it's ugly. It sucks. It stinks. The most popular one is Arizona under three and a half goals. Arizona has been fine this year. I don't want to touch that one. I think what I'm going to do is the second most popular one. It's New York Rangers over 33 and a half shots against St. Louis. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough slate. That was the uh, Mark Shafley one. Is that points or shots? Over four and a half shots. He's hit it like once in his last 15 games. Can't touch it. Uh, but Kempe doesn't have assist. Boy, oh boy. Washington to get a power play goal somewhat tempting. Uh. Oh, Kempe's not an assist guy. Lucas Raymond, I don't want to bet against the oil tonight. Like, it's the Rangers. The process of elimination, it's the Rangers. Yeah, I think it has to be. The yeah. the only other safe option, maybe Raymond. I, I don't think he's been that great this year, has he? But again, like, I guess Pickard's playing, so maybe betting on some Red Wings offense isn't a terrible idea, but ah, still makes me feel uneasy, you know? Mm, I'm shaking in my boots thinking about it. Yeah, uh, so, I don't know. He does have Mason Raymond. No, not Mason Raymond. Lucas Raymond has seven points in his last... Six points in his last five games. So maybe that's your pick. Yeah, maybe. But also, don't overthink it. Go over your heart. Yeah. Uh, your menu for today on DoorDash. Ooh, we didn't plug this at all yet today. First off, new episode of Real Life coming up yep. in a couple of hours here. Pre-game with Aaron and Liam, and you might be sitting there thinking, Tyler, why aren't you doing pre-gaming today? That's because I'm going to be doing a live watch-along on the Oilers Nation YouTube for tonight. It is a 5 o'clock mountain puck drop. I will be set up in the sports closet studio down in my basement. I already I got it all set up this morning. Woke up bright and early to do it. We are doing a live watch-along on the Oilers Nation YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you turn on your alerts and make sure you tune in right before puck drop so that we can all sync up our TVs and watch the game together. Have a couple of cold ones. Bring a couple of you into the chat. 
Have a good time. I'll be joined by some of our friends from uh, around the nation as well. Going to be a good time. Watch along today. That is your big one on the menu, at least from my perspective. I I think I'll come in for a little bit. That'll be fun. Say hello before I go on to my adventures for the evening. You're always out there adventuring. There's a lot of stuff going on in this crazy city of ours. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that needs to be covered. There's something else I wanted to, to talk yeah, about, that? but I uh, is escaping me. Oh, my cheesecake from last night. Oh, Jesus. Aaron, All can right. we throw up the cheesecake quickly before we get to our bed? I thought challenge? you tweeted a picture of a sponge when I saw this. No, no, he didn't. It was delicious. It was soft like a sponge. It was, uh, it was, it was a special kind of cheesecake. It was called the Jerry. Where'd you get it from? Um, golf Stadium. Uh, this was from my virtual golf. Uh, yeah. area so yeah it, it was in there and I saw it and it was a, a variety of options but I went with this one because it, one it's called the Jerry I put it in the work tape <laughs> it's a reference to Tom and Jerry so if we don't have it we can do the Betway Challenge and maybe we'll find it after do we have the Betway Challenge? Uh, yeah I believe, <laughs> believe I put them in there we're just grinding AB <laughs> just making his life hell today sorry uh, someone's asked me how was golf last night I am struggling I'm not gonna lie I am a very good, like, hey, I'm the most. There you go. There's my cheesecake. It, it's a piece of cheese. It, what was what flavor was it? it? So it's white chocolate. So the yellow cheese is the white chocolate. The yellow cheese is so white, it's a white chocolate, chocolate cheesecake. Uh, uh, I guess you could call it that. And when what we were there, all my friends gathered around me as if they had like never, because no one knew what was inside. It was a little mystery. And cut it open. And they have it. And I saw soft cheesecake inside, inside of your cheese. I'm amazing, to be honest. Shout out to, uh, to the creators. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Game day betting challenge for Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. We're also going long today. We got to speed this bad boy up. Uh, I'm coming off a loss. Are you and Jay coming off wins? No. 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 no yeah, we no. all lost in our picks against lost, the Hawks. Yeah. That wasn't good. I'm stealing a page from your book. Power play and empty net goal plus 250. I think it's going to be a tight one. I'm not sold on the Oilers winning. So I'll chase the juice, be watching right up till the end and hope this game stays close. Liam, what do you got? I got Hyman goal plus 125. Need a win. Plus money on Zach Hyman to score. Did it twice last game, just didn't count. (laughs) All the Oilers um, players are plus money to score a goal tonight. Mm -hmm. And then Jay from uh, Honduras. Honduras. Has Oilers money line and over five and a half, uh, 2.2. All right. There you go. Uh, I am struggling. You guys are both up a hair of money. So here's to hoping I can turn on a bit of a comeback. Shout out to Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. The Oilers in uh, tonight's game are minus 165 favorites on the money line, plus 130 on the puck line. The over under is set at six and a half with the over only paying minus 180. So the books expecting a lot of offense between these two sides, also expecting an Oilers ninth consecutive victory to wrap up the show, Liam. It's our keys to victory. That is what we will send people away with. It's brought to you by Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. We are under a month away from the big opening out in the heart of Sherwood Park, your home for pontoon boats, fishing boats, ATVs, side-by-sides, everything you need. They're going to have a state-of-the-art service bay as well, and they will handle everything you need from a maintenance perspective. Very excited to see what they'll have going on in the new year at Sherwood Power Sports. And Marine, Liam, what's your key to victory? This is a tough one. I really don't know where to go, but I'll go with a bit of a basic one. I think you have to play very structured tonight. I think the Red Wings have a lot of skill to to put up against the Oilers. I think Calvin Pickard will be called into action quite often, but I think the Oilers need to limit those chances to like high danger chances. You know what I mean? Like make it make night. Make tonight easy on Pickett. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, uh, oh man, how do I want to word this? Because again, like they're going to have to play really damn good to beat this Detroit Red Wings team. Um, Calvin Pickard might be the key to victory though. I again, I don't think the Oilers are going to play like that Chicago game was their C plus effort. I think this Oilers team is good enough and found enough of a groove where you're not getting back-to-back C-plus efforts. Yeah. I think you'll see the Oilers play better than they did against Chicago. With that being said, Pickard, despite his success, makes me a hair nervous. So I'll say, hey, Calvin Pickard, if you give the Oilers 900 tonight, they'll win this game. You'll get your goals. Edmonton will get theirs offensively after only scoring two last game. So I'll say Calvin Pickard's the key to victory. So giddy up. There you go. Giddy up. Tomorrow, we could be talking about an Oilers team that has tied a franchise record in terms of a winning streak. That's exciting. 
That would be big. We have to figure out a guest for tomorrow. Our guest never came through. Should we tell him who we tried to get? Oh, we tried to get, yeah, sure. Yeah. I texted Chris Osgood. You guys may have heard of him. Prior to Peace River, played for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Yeah. And never texted us back. Uh, nothing back from Chris. So if anyone knows Chris, let him know I sent him a text. And you know what? I think it's a good precedent for us to set that if you don't text us back, we air you out. Yeah. Just come right out and hit yeah, you with it. But yeah, if anyone knows him, even if he wants to, I don't, hey, I'll take a no. What but if we let's got. Let's all go cut a goatee on this thing and ignore people. Yeah. Come on. Uh, all right. Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. Excited to see what they got going on in that brand new state-of-the-art facility for Betway, Wendy's, DoorDash, Star Mechanical, Sherwood Ford, the giant Charm Diamonds, charmdiamonds.com. Uh, sports Closet for the Sports Closet Studio, Booster Juice, Tourism Jasper. We had a lot going on today. Frank Saravalli gave us some good insight. If you missed it, rewind, go watch it again. Just keep that plan on loop. I will talk to you tonight. Doing an Oilers Nation watch along brought to you by Betway. Aaron and Liam got your post game coverage at four o'clock. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll chat later. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.